the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the radio talk show host, sitting in our underground bunker somewhere in Southern California. I didn't know I got elected. That's That's awesome. I didn't say elected. I said political office. Ah, ah! Lucky, lucky us. Yeah, nobody, nobody would vote for us for anything. Well, who is us? Who is us? We is us. <laughs> okay. Well, my <laughs> name is Don Dix, and I think my co-host name is still Greg Britton. Although, with all this shelter at home stuff, maybe it's having a deleterious effect on Greg's stability. I don't know. That's going to be for you to decide on this new edition of the Unite IE radio show. Say it again. My stability was always in question. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I think think a lot of people's stability is really getting pressed right now as we are entering the uh, second year of our shelter in place. Seems like two years. I had the opportunity to actually go out and mix and mingle in public. Had to run some errands this week, Greg. Go to Costco, go to the grocery store, go to Home Depot. It felt a little weird to be driving and out and about in public. I don't know. Is it just me? I I see more and more people out and about. Uh, It's going to be a process. As people, people were scared of the disease. They were panicked. They see these images of... Uh, one of the, one of the really good sources that I'll watch for no, news regarding coronavirus is the Twitter feed of former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson. He does some really good reporting on this, and uh, he talks about panic porn. What? Uh, which is what a panic porn, which is to coverage and pictures and images to make people afraid. And people are naturally afraid of a disease. Disease has been one of the great scourges of humankind as long as we've been around, sometimes killing tens of millions of people at a time when the population was a lot less than 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 what it is now. So people are naturally afraid of a disease, and particularly a new disease. And they were naturally social distancing back then, too. Yeah, if if they had come out at the start of the flu season and said, you know, we think this is going to be a really bad flu season like the one we had in 2017 and 2018. And we think about 80,000 Americans are going to die from flu and related complications this year. So we need to shut, we need to lock everybody in their homes and shut down the economy to try to save people from the flu. They would have, they would have been laughed at and ignored. But because it was a new disease, that we didn't know a lot about and people weren't used to, it worked. And Mm. the panic got rolling. Shutdowns, lockdowns, travel bans, NBA canceling games, things that people had never seen before 
So they, wow, this must be really serious. And then they see real and also faked images of crowded hospitals and uh, the panic got rolling. So it'll well, take time to undo that, but it is, but it, but it is happening. People are people are out and about. More people are out and about. Businesses are starting to reopen. We had um, a couple of weeks ago, Kira Baranian just reopened her salon in Corona, and she's been let let alone. On the larger level, Elon Musk reopened his factory, his Tesla factory in in Fremont, and just dared the author the authorities ordered him to keep it closed. He said. We're reopening. I'm going to be there. If someone's going to get arrested, arrest me. And I've never been a great fan of Elon Musk, who's gotten Until... who's made a lot of his money at the public trough. But uh, his stock in my book went up with that. I'm going to be there. If someone gets arrested, arrest me. So it's it's a process. The churches, there's a large, a large number of churches, hopefully a lot of them, are going to be reopening on May 30, Sunday, May 31, across California, and hopefully even around the country. And it's going to say, we're reopening. Come arrest us if you want to. Drag me, drag me off the pulpit, and, and then my assistant pastor will step up, and you can do the same to him or her, and so on until I've, I've exhausted my pastoral staff. And then we're going to have people from the audience, from our, from our congregation, will take over. Start arresting them. The it's one thing that the state of the uh, state of California and other states do not have in the way of leverage over churches is that unlike many businesses that require a license or a certificate to operate in the case of hair salons, you got to have a license in the case of a lot of different businesses, uh, bars, you have a liquor license. If you decide to be one of those renegade businesses, and this is what's unfolded in several California counties where business, where the counties themselves are saying, hey, we have zero, one, or minimal COVID cases. We are going to chart our own path forward. The state of California, Governor Newsom, has sent in uh, essentially regulatory authorities over those various different businesses and are threatening those businesses with a loss of their license if they continue to operate. Um, this is the, this is leverage that the state does not have over churches. Could it be, Greg, that the churches this time around are going to lead American Revolution 2.0 again? One, cer- one certainly hopes so. And even on... If you have a license, they didn't pull Kara's license, and you, or and you just if there's enough of them opening, they can't unlicense everybody. And if they do continue to operate without their state license, they can't prosecute everybody. So it's, it's in, a, in a sense that it's screw you, we're reopening, we're not going to obey. And when enough people say they're not going to obey, they can't enforce. Their edicts. They can't. They can't rule by decree when enough people don't obey the decrees. And that's what it's going well, to take because the, because the Democrats have made abundantly clear that they're going to stretch this lockdown as long as possible or as long as necessary to gain political advantage, both in the upcoming election and we saw this week when. Uh, Nancy Pelosi took a break from eating her gourmet, gourmet ice cream 
to release her new coronavirus bill of three, was it three point something trillion dollars of additional spe- additional deficit spending and a list of every unrelated left wing policy that they've, that they've ever wanted combined in one bill. You're talking about the HEROES Act. HEROES stands for Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act, so named because of all of the uh, first responders and frontline people in hospitals and in the medical industry that are serving people that have the uh, virus. So Nancy Pelosi or whoever it is that wrote the bill, and I've got some ideas about who did, decided to use the word HEROES and turn it into the anacronym Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act. I kind of that that kind of bothers me Greg that she would do this on the back of people that are literally on the front lines of this war when a significant portion of this spending and 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 policy update has little to do with actually dealing with what is the um, what is the COVID virus? You know, there's a lot of former California residents that now that they've moved away from California are, are seeing more clearly uh, what is how, how miserable things have gotten for California. This bill, a three trillion, will be the largest. It, it's not going to pass. Let's just spoiler alert there. But it is instructive to see exactly how much money the Democrats want to set aside for things that have nothing to do with protecting the American worker and the American business. There's a ton here. What stands out for you? Releasing illegal alien criminals from prison unless you can prove that they're going to not not that they're going to prove they're going to commit more violent crime, but they're going to commit a violent crime on a specific person. Other, unless you can prove that, we're going to release violent illegal alien criminals from prison. Now this, and, and there's a fa- fascinating aspect of this: is this bill? I mean, if you're if you're running against a Democrat in a marginal district, you're going to hang this you're going to hang this bill around the neck of your Democrat opponent. These are the these are the kind of things that if you elect my Democrat opponent, or in the in the case of we'll talk about this a little bit later on the show, what happened in the 25th congressional district in California, Christy Smith, there the Democrat candidate, this is what you're going to get if you elect her to Congress, and there are there are 31, and and that's not even one of these districts, 25. There are 31 Democrats that are in districts that Donald Trump carried in 2016. And you only need 18, and now after the results in the 25th district, 17 seats to flip to um, give the Republicans the majority in the House. So you're doing something that either they're oblivious to it, or they are so confident with their vote fraud and big damn tech and their other advantages and the economic depression that they're causing that they're going to win the election anyways, that they don't need to conceal who they are anymore. But that, I think that's, that's politically it is as tone deaf as when she went on TV in front of her $24,000 refrigerator to show off her collection of gourmet ice cream at a time when 30 million Americans have lost their jobs. 
There's besides the fact the blatant uh, <laughs> releasing prisoners, uh, the cannabis industry is mentioned 68 times as if the cannabis industry is a backbone of the American economy. It actually, sadly, is becoming more significant, but clearly not a backbone. But this one caught my attention. There were a lot of uh, people that live in Connecticut, New York, and California that were extremely upset with the with with Trump's tax reform because it eliminated the state and local tax deduction. So if you are in New, in New York, if you're in California and you're paying high income taxes, you did so with a tax break on your federal taxes. And that made the sting of those high tax states a little more easy to deal with. Well, when Cal, when the federal government did away with that deduction, it meant that states like California were it was is going to be much more difficult for those states to continue to raise income taxes if they even thought about it. California, one of the highest income tax states in the country, they, yeah, it, it would make it a little bit more detrimental for those states' high taxes because you couldn't get the deduction. Well, guess what this bill does? It lifts the salt cap on those states, so you can you will now have that deduction back. Greg, what does that have to do with the COVID virus, the epidemic, or the damage it's causing uh, in our economy? Nothing, of course. And ah. because it was actually it was actually ca- it was actually capped. It wasn't totally eliminated. So basically, it was making rich liberals in Democrat-controlled states pay the higher taxes they've said they've always said that they wanted to pay. Hmm. Well, it also eliminates, uh, forgives up to $10,000 in student loans for every borrower. It bails out the Postal Service. The package includes $25 billion for the Postal Service. In addition to $10 billion that was provided under the CARES Act, that was the $2.2 trillion of uh, quote-unquote stimulus money. And McConnell, as a credit to him, said we re- this really shouldn't be called a stimulus. It should be called a relief bill. That word stimulus has worked its way back into the lexicon, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is all borrowed money. So the already, even with the existing, just the previous bailout bill, that was the, the, the national debt was going to $25 trillion by the end of this year. So this is going to st- even stack debt on top of that. But I see that our engineer is making gestures at us again. So that probably means we needed to hear from our sponsor for this half of the United IE Radio, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. 
For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizens, which came out in significant enough numbers to have an impact in two special elections. We're going to talk about those special elections and what those uh, elections could uh, hold as a harbinger for November. But first... Citizens groups across the country are organizing to push back against uh, the many shelter-at-home orders and various forms of perceived tyranny across the United States. One particular state, the state of Michigan, has rallied against what is considered to be an excessive quarantine order. In fact, they actually started a group called Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine. Now, that group swelled to over 380,000 members and served as what is being uh, considered to be the central organizing hub for those protesters against Michigan's Chinese virus lockdown. Now, one of the leaders of that of the Michigan protest, Garrett Saldano, said on his Twitter account that the group has created a new Facebook page. Why? Well, it appears that Facebook has decided to shut down that group's Facebook page. So it's forced them to to create a new Facebook page called Stand Up Michigan. And he said, they just shut us down. We have a new page. Here's the new one. And this is another form of what I would consider, Greg, to be tech tyranny, when Facebook decides that they are going to put their finger on the scale and shut down a group of Facebook uh, participants in Facebook. They all have personal accounts or else they wouldn't be able to participate in this group. But Facebook shut down this under the, uh, the, the purview, if you will, of what Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CTO, considered anti-lockdown protests, which they say are, quote-unquote, misinformation and declared his intention to remove them from the platform earlier in the month. Have I kind of view Facebook, Twitter, and some of these social media platforms as having beyond gone beyond uh, what many would consider to be uh, to have have the business right to do things, and they've become speech platforms uh, where they disseminate information, and much like a newspaper, much like uh, you know a uh, a third party, can they enjoy special protections, Greg, from uh, any longer? Well, I think they've gone beyond what a, what a newspaper is. Now, a newspaper can publish what it wants to can publish the letters to the editor that it wants to or, or doesn't want to. But what Facebook has become is the single largest, most important, most influential telecommunications service provider in the world. Like a phone. Well, I, don't, well, I, well, I don't know how many billions of, of users. So it's like the phone company. 
Right. Would you want the phone company to, to listen to your the, the content of your communicate of your phone calls and cut off your service when it decides that you're spreading quote misinformation unquote or if it doesn't like your politics? So Facebook has trends and more power to them. Wonderful. I, I enjoy your success. Your Zuckerberg is one of the richest men in the world because in part he's created the, the world's largest telecommunication service provider. But with that goes regulation goes limitations we can, you can't have the people that are doing the telecommunications running censorship so you can't so so the phone is going to only be reserved for people of certain political ilks certain certain political beliefs and facebook is far, facebook is far more important and pervasive now than the phone company on facebook you post you can you can disseminate information you organize you can make telephone calls you can send the equivalent of text messages on Facebook. So it is a huge pervasive telecommunication service provider and it should be treated as such. Otherwise, the public square, your the effect will be the same as if the government limits your speech. Even though it's technically not the government, so we can yell, okay, so it's so the Democrat Party will use its allies in the big dem tech companies to to limit speech. But the effect is the same. Speech is limited. And Ben Franklin warned us that whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must first begin by subduing the freeness of speech. And this is what they're doing. And they say misinformation. How do you how do you determine what's misinformation? You just rely on the government? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We can absolutely all the time trust the government to put out the true and correct information. I asked a couple weeks ago. When I, I don't, I don't think you can the, trust the government to put out true and correct information. Really? Yeah. I asked, a, couple, a couple weeks ago, we talked about doctors from Bakersfield who had an opinion that the lockdown was not warranted. And right. their, their video was censored by YouTube, another one of these big damn tech companies owned by Google. And because, again, of course, changes what its official information is as time goes on. But he asked the question, is if YouTube was around at the time of Galileo, would they have censored his video explaining that the Earth and the other planets revolve around the sun as running contrary to official information? And they probably would have. Right. Because didn't, didn't Galileo essentially say find that the uh, at the time, it was largely believed that the Earth was the center of the universe, which, you know, goes to show you that, that you know, human beings, you know, that was a reflection of our ego that we're the most important thing um, to, to the sun being the center of the solar system. And he posited that the sun was the center of solar. And he was essentially drummed out of the scientific community, wasn't he? He was jailed. That, well, well that, executed, but he was jailed. There you go. Yeah. So eventually, I, I think I think 1970s, 1980s or so, I, I think I think the Pope eventually pardoned him. So, you know, there, you know, in the, in the, so then, you know, after 500 years, you're right back out on the street to spread more information or misinformation. But the, the threat is the threat is very real, and they are Facebook just came out with a new quote Supreme Court unquote of. <laughs> 
people that, that will review freedom of speech issues at the company, and they're all leftists, other than one libertarian from the from the Cato Institute who also doesn't like Donald Trump. They're all they're all they all hate Donald Trump, and almost all of them are leftists. One of them is from the Muslim Brotherhood. Sure, we can. Yeah, they're going to do a great job of fairly adjudicating freedom of speech issues at, at Facebook. Mm. Give me a break. Now, never mind, of course, what Robert Epstein has, has reported, that the big dem tech companies' influence on the upcoming election is they can shift between Google and Facebook and the others, can shift 10 to 15 million votes to the Democrat Party. Talk about interfering with it. Talk about undermining our democracy, as the Democrats like to say. That's all the time we have in this half hour. Stay tuned for more exciting and interesting information. We guarantee it or your money back. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton and joined by my co-host Don Dixon. Again, we are in our secret underground bunkers, cowering in fear of coronavirus. But the private citizens did have did have a had did have a big victory this week in Riverside County. I know, Don, you were involved in that. Well, I have long believed, Greg, that one of the things that is a distinguishing difference between the right and the left is the fact that the left knows how to and is willing to do the things that you need to do in order to move the needle on policy decisions, on uh, you know the actions that our elected boards take. They are much better organized, and I saw a little bit of that when... Uh, in Riverside County, the Board of Supervisors decided to consider a uh, agenda item that would rescind five different aspects of Cameron Kaiser, Dr. Cameron Kaiser, who is the public health officer for Riverside County. And as I understand it, and I have this on good authority, 
some of these people at the Riverside County and many counties throughout California are very handsomely paid. They're making bank. Some of his orders, including the mandatory wearing of from the lockdowns either. That's that is one of the important points of this. They are instituting on the citizens of their jurisdictions, whether it's the county, the state, or the nation, uh, a requirement that essentially has put a record number of Americans out of work. Unemployment soared to a new high. Another 2.4 million Americans are collecting unemployment. This number has gotten huge. In fact, Stephen Moore says he believes the number is more like 20%. I think right now it's getting close to uh, uh, 10% of Americans are unemployed. 20% would take that number close to six, 64 million uh, Americans, but right now I think we're pushing 30 million Americans are unemployed. If a government, uh, and this is true in eminent domain, if a government, you know, decides they're going to take your property, uh, they need to compensate you fairly for that property. That would be like in, in cases where you're going to lose your house for a, for a road or a railroad, some kind of infrastructure that the state deems mandatory, mandatorily important for the common good. Well, the state, the federal government, many cities have, de- have deemed that for the common good, um, you're not allowed to work or you're not allowed to work your business. Now, it's my opinion in such cases that if a state legislator or administrator decides that it's going to be required for a a large chunk of our economy to be shut down into what I call an economically self-induced coma, that that individual should also bear the same burden and have their income put on hold temporarily. That seems to me to be the only fair thing to do. Now, the common question going on right now, Greg, is what happens if we open the economy back up too quickly? We know that L.A. County has decided that they're going to extend their shelter-at-home orders. Various jurisdictions around around the country are deciding that they're going to extend the shutdown. The goalposts keep moving. But no no consideration for taking care of those people who are being directly affected. I think the better question is, what happens if we open up the economy too late, Greg? Where is that line in the sand? Where do we cross that line that says it's too late for the economy and we are going to lo- permanently lose jobs and businesses? I have a feeling that we've already crossed that line. We already have. Uh, there's definitely businesses that are that um, are not going to reopen, jobs that are going to be lost permanently, and so, to some extent, underlying problems. So I, Neiman Marcus uh, closed the store and was having its problems before the coronavirus situation. So to some extent, the coronavirus situation may push your business into bankruptcy, just as if you have underlying health problems, the coronavirus maybe cause you to be very ill or even die. Whereas someone, if you're healthy, your your risk of dying from coronavirus is very small. Uh, but absolutely, and when you look at the jurisdictions, the states in the United States that didn't impose lockdowns, 
the countries that did not impose lockdowns, notably Sweden and Japan, have done better than many countries that did impose lockdowns, have done better than states that imposed lockdowns. So there's also been, which is really can't have time to get into on this program, the people that have looked at the data of death and diseases from coronavirus in relation to government policies and find that the disease takes its course regardless whether you impose a lockdown and when you impose it versus there's nothing. I've seen nothing that says, Statistician or epidemiologist or something. I've looked at the data, and this shows by imposing the lockdown, these jurisdictions have done much better, saved X number of cases, X number of lives. I have yet to see that scientific study. What we see is a myopic fixation on the lockdown and resulting economic depression, regardless of the costs in lives and the depression lives. Then when people are unemployed, their death rate goes up. Cancer diagnoses and treatment are delayed. Other medical treatment is delayed. There's increase in suicide, increase in drug abuse, increase in alcohol abuse, increase in domestic violence, whole series of consequences. Well, I am no big fan of the United Nations. They came out with a report that said up to 1.8 million additional deaths from tuberculosis, which by the way is the most dangerous infectious disease in the world because of delays in getting people tested and treated for this disease, which can be treated if it's caught and the proper drugs are given. Notwithstanding poverty, that, that as bad as it is, the economy is here in America, when the economy goes into depression worldwide, people that are already in a much more marginal situation of being having enough food to eat, they're gonna they're gonna fall into they're gonna fall into starvation. And none of this matters to the people pushing the lockdown. You see this myopic fixation on coronavirus deaths and nothing else. None of these other costs of jobs, lives, health, debt, anything matters other than this narrow fixation on coronavirus deaths. I think that is part of the evidence that the, the desire for the shutdown is political, that the Democrat Party figured out in early March that they could use the coronavirus to crash the economy and achieve political advantage, defeat Donald Trump, push things like this $3 trillion leftist wish list bill we talked about in our first half hour that the Pelosi is now pushing to create more government-dependent voters, to expand government. And when they ignore all evidence, like countries like Sweden, Japan, states like South Dakota and Iowa, which didn't lock down and have done better than many jurisdictions that did lock down. The states that have reopened and countries that have reopened have not seen this great surge of new coronavirus cases. They ignore all of this information. And this is only because, when, because in my judgment, they are pushing the, the lockdown to gain political advantage. Well, Governor Newsom has said as much. He was asked by a Bloomberg reporter, are you going to use this opportunity to advance progressive policies? And Newsom, you know, kind of beat around the bush for a minute and a half and then said, I think, one of the most revealing things that, uh, you know, and if you do listen and you listen quite intently, you can hear 
when these folks are beginning to uh, insert their pro- their progressive agenda. They're, sometimes they're really quite open about it. And he responded as much to this uh, Bloomberg reporter by saying, yes, this is an opportunity to reshape our uh, the way we do business and how we govern. This is the uh, the the opportunity. The governor himself, he said the pandemic is an opportunity for reimagining a progressive era as it pertains to capitalism. We heard something almost identical to this from a city council candidate in Denver, Colorado, who said that she was a, she believed that capitalism was in its end phase, that capitalism was extractive, and we needed to replace capitalism with state-run, essentially community. They call it community-run, but that's uh, that's liberal speak for uh, a Marxist uh, form of government, but a community-run, a, a community control of land, labor, and resources. And the distribution of that. And she is is prepared to implement that by any means necessary. So this is what's happening. The fact that our civil liberties are getting trampled is just collateral damage for the left advancing its agenda. We saw it with Nancy Pelosi's um, remedy. Remember, she said that, uh, you know, when, when uh, Mitch McConnell... Uh, and the Senate had advanced a bill. She came into, she came speeding into uh, Washington D.C. to frustrate the passage of emergency money, relief money to the American worker. And now that the opposite is happening, she's condemning Mitch McConnell for getting in the way of this important money for uh, for citizens. You, you, it just doesn't get any plainer than this. Them talking about. You know, this is the opportunity to implement progressive policies. I I would agree with one different exception is that the infringement of civil liberties in the Constitution is not a byproduct. It's not an unfortunate consequence. It's part of the agenda. This is an opportunity to limit freedom. It's an attempt attempt to, it's an opportunity to limit the Constitution, which the Democrat Party does not like because it interferes with and limits their power. And with these emergency statutes, these are, these are, many of them we never never even heard of before. California has the Emergency Emergency Services Act and very broad definitions of what is an emergency disaster or peril caused by air pollution, fire, flood, storm, epidemic, riot, drought, cyber terrorism, energy shortage, infestation, disease, predictions of earthquakes or volcanic eruptions. And basically lets the governor make any orders or rules that the governor wants to during the state of emergency. This is wonderful. And you, and one of the things we've seen across the country is the inner totalitarian in every Democrat politician has come out. They're loving this. This this it, this is not just this is not just well unfortunately we have to limit your right to go to church or we have to limit your right to peacefully assemble or whatever. This is this is this is a wonderful opportunity to do these it things. is and it was so it was brought up crystal clear when we had Mark Morano from Climate Depot on the show a couple of weeks ago and he made the point environmentalists have been trying to accomplish everything that has happened over the last 2 months for two decades the better part of two decades probably 3 to 4 decades 
And they've got to be jealous of the coronavirus because they've been able to do everything from clamp down on meat production to uh, reducing air traffic and the pollution they believe comes from that to getting cars off the roads. Everything on their wish list. I mean, that's just a very small part of it. They've been able to accomplish. But there's one thing standing in the way, and that is I think people are beginning to wake up, Greg. We saw in March that the Proposition 13, the new Proposition 13, essentially a school spending infrastructure bill, was turned down by a meaningful majority of Californians. And now we've just had two special elections that are echoing that March 3rd result. And we're going to talk about those elections and what it potentially means for California and the elections coming up in November after a break with our sponsor for this half hour. I'm glad we got there. Our engineer was making increasingly um, rude gestures at us, indicating it's time for a break. And so we should let's hear from uh, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizens. And two special elections came and went in California. March 12th was the date for two special elections, the California Congressional District 25, uh, which was the district vacated by a, oh, a freshman congressional representative that decided to express herself in some interesting ways, a word that I'd never heard before, thruple, uh, when some very salacious photographs of her emerged, forcing her to resign in some embarrassment. And then in the 28th state Senate district, where Jeff Stone had been tapped by the Obama, uh, by the Trump administration, I'm going to slap that uh, those lips in a moment uh, by the Trump administration to serve a position there. He vacated the space, a special election where Melissa Melendez, uh, Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez, was elected. Greg, what do you think that both of these elections suggest about how uh, Republicans specifically are responding to the opportunity to let their voices be heard? Well, the. the... Melissa Melendez, that's great. She's one of the best uh, Republicans up there in, in Sacramento. Uh, that's it, but that's still that's still a district that you would expect a Republican to win. The 25th congressional district is a, is a different story. This is one of the congressional districts in California that the Democrats flipped from Republican to Democrat in 2018. And Katie Hill, as you mentioned, ran into a few problems. You know, she blamed, you know, even the, the, one of the pictures, one of her famous pictures was she was standing there naked, holding a bong with a German Iron Cross tattoo on her crotch. And then she blamed her problems on, well, it's, you know, that people are against women. It's misogyny that, that I'm in trouble because of this. Yeah, as if, 
a Republican male who had had the same photograph taken and released, they totally would have gotten away with it. But that, that this one flipped back. This is potentially a big deal. And this was almost all a vote by mail. This, the Democrats got what they wanted. This was every every voter in the district was sent out a ballot by mail. Now, there were some polling locations where you could go vote in person if you wanted to. But it was basically a vote by mail election. And the Republicans out hustled them. And notwithstanding the lockdowns where all the campaigning was either by phone or by mail or over the airwaves, they um, they, they 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 got they got their vote. They got their votes in now. Come November, will this be repeated? Will they, when they go out and do their ballot, ballot harvesting and do more of their vote fraud, will the result be the same? But Mike Garcia, the candidate there, is an impressive candidate. We had him at our online Redlands Tea Party Patriots meeting on on May seven, and he's a he's a former Navy fighter pilot. He returned, and he's, and he's a good family man. He's, he lives in the district. He works in aerospace, and decided that he was going to run, and he was going to run actually after, even before Katie Hill had her problems and, and had and had to resign. And on the other hand, they got a somewhat of a lightweight uh, Democrat running in that running on that side. So that's, this is going to be a, this is going to be a race to watch because this is one where they say we need to flip 18 now 17 seats to give make have Speaker McCarthy rather than Speaker Pelosi. And and this is one that needs to be held in November. And there's a few others in California. Uh, Young Kim's seat is 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 in play, and she may get that one back. And there's a and there's, and there's a few others that our side may pick up. And you know, I'm not that big fan of Young Kim. She's pretty moderate, but uh, you know, and I'm not even a big fan of Kevin McCarthy. But he's a heck, he's a heck of a lot better than Nancy Pelosi. Wouldn't it be great to see to say Speaker McCarthy? I have a feeling that if the Dem, when we, I shouldn't say if I really do believe that the Republicans are going to take back the House in November, but uh, it would be great to see uh, Speaker McCarthy instead of Speaker <laughs> Speaker Pelosi. I disagree with you a little bit about what's going on in the twenty eighth uh, Senate district. That district has moved more into the favor of Democrats, and some of the numbers that we want to be able to look at in terms of how many Democrats, what percentage of registered Democrats voted, what percentage of Republican uh, Republican registered Republicans voted, uh, those numbers will be available once they certify the election in another thirty days. It'll also be interesting to see. If the next reporting date, which is going to be Friday, if there is any shift in the numbers, in the percentages. But I thought it was interesting that the night of the election, when I first looked at the results at 835 and I did screen captures of the secretary of state, that both Mike Garcia and Melissa Melendez were ahead by the same percentage, 55.9 percent to 44.1 percent. It was the same percentage in both races. I said, that's an interesting coincidence because I have a feeling that what's unfolded over the past 
um, you know, several weeks regarding the regarding the Russian, uh, you know, collusion narrative with Mike Flynn and the revealing of these documents that basically suggest that nearly every Obama administration official that went on TV to talk about Russia collusion and that there was evidence testified before the House Intelligence Committee uh, when Devin Nunes was running it that. No, there was no evidence. So in direct conflict to what they uh, said under oath in a private, uh, secluded, if you will, uh, testimony, directly opposed exactly what many of them were saying in public. Uh, But I think that Melissa Melendez's uh, election was not as... um, a foregone conclusion because that actually that district actually leans Democrat and Riverside in many districts have been moving more in the direction of Democrats. So I think that there has been um, a sea change that both of these elections are reflecting uh, to mute Democrat turnout. Certainly, if they think if there's a foregone conclusion that Trump will be elected, why would Democrats even come out and vote for Joe Biden? That could happen in, in, in a big enough percentage that that recapturing of the uh, Congress could be a reality, Greg. Let you have the last word on that. Don't assume we're going to win. We should assume, we always assume that we are three to five points behind and work, contribute, and fight accordingly. That's the way we should act. Absolutely. I agree. Well, that's going to do it for another Unite IE broadcast. Tune in every Saturday at 4 p.m. for the Unite IE radio show, the best radio show in our time slot. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 10126. Arizona, NMLO license number 0926439. Branch, NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 31998. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.